Welcome to the Let's Be Naked podcast. We're so glad you're here. We are your hosts, Jenny Lynn Newell. And Michaela Hale. And we created this space to engage in uncomfortable conversation from a place of wholehearted compassion alongside a vibrant community of women. We're here to hold space for inspiration, build tools for restoration, and celebrate radical self-love. Let's be naked together. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome, Amy. Hi, guys. Hi. It's so nice to be on the phone. I feel like all of us are in a little bit of, I don't know, a little bit of like mellow weather today. It feels nice to be pushing record on the podcast. Kind of awesome. Amy, we, you and I, I feel like peripherally had known, have known each other through the interwebs for a while, but now finally we're actually talking more often and seeing, seeing each other's yeah. faces pretty much once a week. Amy and I are on the same um, are really privileged to be on the same um, doTERRA team and uh, we're on like a weekly call together and then um, Amy has been really amazing about taking me sort of under her wing to help me figure out what's going on um, with my journey with doTERRA so it's been really cool to have our team is just built on support which feels really amazing and mm. I'm really honored and excited to be in collaboration with her in that way um, especially since it's really new to me and I really admire what how how Amy's been doing with her own journey with it. So I wanted to ask her to share a little bit about her bio. So a little just about your journey and how you got to where you are um, and what your current day-to-day job is. What's your life? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'll just start where this whole world of like mindfulness and being intentional and listening to my intuition started. You don't have to start when you're a child. Um, as an adult, I, it was like my third, it was the third job I had. Like I found my way very determined to find my way to Lululemon because I believed so much in their core values and the community work. Um, and so I transitioned out of corporate America, like having a quote unquote real job as many people in my family and close friends um, would have said. And I found my way to Lululemon and I worked my way up to where I was a store manager at Lululemon. Um, and I was there for a little over eight years, which seems crazy to me that I was there for so long. Um, and you know, along the way, I, well, I have, I'm so grateful for my time with Lululemon because I learned so much and not just learned so much through them, but I got connected to a lot of the people that are like mentors and guides and advisors in my life. Um, Jackie and MB are two of those people. Tracy Kehoe um, is another who, who knows if I ever would have found my way to those peeps without Lululemon. So I'm so, so grateful um, for that more than anything is the relationships I built through there. Um, but while I was there, what I was most drawn to and most passionate about was the whole vision and goals concept and knowing that we can actually create our ideal lives, like for the future. It takes work. It's not like you just dream it up and it happens. <laughs> like you've got to roll up your sleeves, get dirty and be willing to do the work to get there. Um, but I was so drawn to that. I was so drawn to facilitating and teaching and training and the concept of like self-development and people development and those skills and like those 
concepts and those philosophies were just already ingrained in who I was. I just didn't quite know how to articulate it. And like Lululemon gave language to what I believed in and who I was as a person. So I started uncovering these layers of, of purpose and of my values and like who I am and what I want to get up to. Um, and as I really started growing and uncovering and peeling back those layers, in the, in the best possible way, while there were some things that were not great um, about my journey, but in, for the most part, in the best possible way, I just started outgrowing Lululemon and like being able to do what I wanted to do within the confines of a particular role in this organization. And so there were a lot of things that happened. I ended up having to take a medical leave of absence from work. Um, towards the end of beginning, middle of April of 2018. And once I had that time, like that space away, like, gosh, I, I still, once I get to where I am now, like uh, in the story, um, I don't know how people and myself included have full-time jobs, like where you are giving so much of your life to this thing where if you were to ask most people, some people might actually say that their career is what's most important to them and it's number number one, numero uno. Most people would say their family and their friends and their loved ones are what's most important. And I didn't even realize until I was able to take that step back to rest and restore and get a little bit of myself back that I was like, oh my God, what have I been missing out on? Like my whole life, I feel like I've just given away and to what? To prove that I was the best store manager, to try and get to regional manager, to try and climb the ladder and get to the next role. And things were just put into perspective. Um, Also during that time that I was on medical leave was when I was undergoing some of the infertility treatments. My father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. And so being able to be there for my husband and his family was really important. Um, And I wouldn't have had that gift of time to be able to do either of those things if I was still working my store manager job. And so it became really clear to me that I needed to be my own boss and I needed to do my own thing. And I needed to have that freedom and that space that I didn't even know I was craving. Um, It always hid in this bubble of balance. Like I need to be more balanced. I need to not work all the time. I need to take days off. I need to shut the computer. I need to not answer my phone. Um, But what it really was, was um, freedom and space that I was craving. And once I had it, it was almost like there was no looking back. Mm -hmm. So I had already been building my doTERRA business as much as you can, um, in your spare time. Yeah, in your spare time. While having a full-time job, I was doing it like very, very slowly. And then during that time that I was off, before I made the decision fully um, to step away and, you know, put in my resignation notice, I started focusing on it a little bit more. Um, And while the hardest part about walking away is the financial piece. It's like I didn't have financial stress before, but I had all loads of other stress. And so now I've kind of swapped out all that other stress. And now I have this financial stress where I know 
I also, my husband and I are very different in this regard where I am like, I know, and I trust that if I'm doing what feels like it's in alignment with my purpose and I'm doing work that's impactful and that's changing people's lives, the money will come, the finances will come and I'm getting there, you know, like slowly, but surely working up to that. Um, so now where I am, I took my medical leave and then I put in my resignation and just never went back. Um, and it's the best decision I've ever made because I, while it's also been hard because with that gift of time and space, I've got loads of time to just be with myself and to feel <laughs> all the feelings that I used to be able to just bury and get distracted and just head down, power through, be the manager, be the boss, like do the work. And I was able to like hide those things and I was very distracted from what was coming up. And now I've got all the time in the world to feel all the things. Um, and I recently um, put up a blog post. I launched my website. So I have a website, I've got a blog, um, working on a couple other things um, here. It's just amybashacanesco.com. Nothing fancy. It looks amazing, by the way. Mickey um, and I were both stalking it. <laughs> Uh, but I, I just recently wrote a post about how the end of 2018 and into the beginning of 2019, the flood of emotions that I felt that was definitely triggered by realizing that I, we weren't pregnant um, in December, which after having surgery in October for the endometriosis, I was like, so certain. I'm like, I left this job. I've got all the time and space. I'm taking care of myself. I had this surgery, made some space internally in my body. I'm like, it's going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, it was like the floodgates opened. And while I know it was not only based on that one thing, because it felt, it literally felt as though everything that I felt throughout the whole year of 2018, which was a year of a lot of change for me. Like there were a lot of highs, a lot of lows. It was a lot that went on. They all were resurfacing. And I was like, what? in the heck is going on? Like, I, I just cried, like, I could not control the tears. Yeah. And then as soon as I stopped trying to control the tears and just allowed them to come, I was like, okay, these tears are here to wash all of this junk away, to be mm -hmm. honest. And I had to be with it. So yeah, last time too. I also feel like just listening to you, like, um, Aaron and I were trying to get pregnant for a little while, but like not hardcore trying, just like yeah. I stopped taking my birth control and stuff. And, um, and I, looking back on it, I'm glad that the timing of when we got pregnant was when it was, even though when I got pregnant, I was very scared and like nervous about it. Um, but looking back on the timing, I'm glad it wasn't any earlier and I'm glad mm -hmm. it happened when it happened because there were still things that I was working through that when I got, if I were to have gotten pregnant earlier, I would have just been able to like ignore these like big things that I needed to overcome in my life and like address yeah. in my life. And, and when those things got taken care of, and then I got pregnant. I was like, oh, I'm really glad I had that time and that space to process everything that's happened over the last few years for our family, for my husband. And, um, and then now I get to create something new. So, so I feel like timing is everything. And um, also 
when you look back on it, I th- when it happens, you'll be like, oh, this is perfect timing. Yeah. And I, and I already, like, I have that faith, like that belief. Well, there are, there are times, like there are months where that faith gets tested more than others. Like I'm a very positive person and I, I do believe in that. I'm like, it's going to happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah. I trust in the universe and the grand scheme of things and especially seeing like just how much a change a year has made in my life, like where I was last year to where I am this year. Um, like I know like it's not, it's all for something. And, but there are days where it's the very human part right. of me is just pissed and angry and frustrated. And I'm like, have everything like the, forget the forget the meditation forget my crystals forget all of these tools that I use they're not working totally I think that's totally I think that's like but that's actually isn't that isn't that freeing as well isn't that freeing too though like I feel like people especially now with like all these I feel like with all the emphasis on like putting more tools in your life and what can you do to change and all the self-development stuff and a lot of people aren't even aware that that stuff exists. So I, I feel like we get locked in that self-development bubble yeah. and we're like, everyone's doing this. And, we're, and then when I meet people, I'm like, oh, you don't, you're not doing any of this. Okay. That's interesting. I'm doing it. But I feel, I don't know. I know for me, like even in the last week, like I, I, my husband's been sick for a week and we got back from a really hard, we're in the middle of a really hard season in our life. I want another grieving season, which just feels kind of intense for us. And, I, sometimes I feel like because I've done all this work in quotation marks that I'm supposed to be able to like handle my reality better. Like I'm supposed to be able to just like put on a happy face and like be grateful and like sit on my meditation cushion with a big smile on like, and I'm some days I feel that. And, and some days like, I really feel like my joy has been dimmed. Like I really feel like the last couple of years have taken a significant chunk of, of, everything out of me and I'm sort of left with these holes and I'm not really sure what to do with them and I know that I have faith that they'll be refilled but I don't know I don't have control over the timeline of that yeah. and so like some days are really a lot harder than others some days it's like I can barely get it together even though I have all my tools I know I could sit I know I could do my yoga practice I know I could put a candle like I know I could do all the things that would normally yeah. normally make me feel better. And it's also really refreshing and nice to hear that like sometimes you just can't do it. Yeah. And that's also okay. You don't want to. You're like, I'm not gonna light this candle. It's not gonna make me feel better. I'm not doing that. Like, in the towel. I'm gonna go eat an ice cream. That's been my good. I feel but I feel like there's a lot of I feel like there's a lot of power in that choice too, because there's also like I it's better for me to acknowledge like I know when I'm choosing not to help myself because I need to be in a feeling. And mm-hmm. at least I can acknowledge, like, this is, I know this will pass. This isn't going to, like, hang around forever. Like, but today or in this moment or the next five minutes, I can try something else. And if that still doesn't work, then, like, what, how can I take care of, how can I actually take care of myself to help me find, like, a little bit of peace in this moment? Because also it's, it's all temporary. I know when you're in something that feels like it's never going to end, sometimes those, those moments are so... I don't know. We hold them to be like, this is never going to end. This will be in my life forever. This will, this is how it's going to be forever. And then when you move past something, like if you think about what happens in a year, yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. Like none of us would have been where we are right now a year ago. And 
like I didn't have a business a year, a year ago. Michaela is like, now she's pregnant. Amy has like a whole new life. Like your, your whole life is different than it was last yeah. year. Um, yeah. And I think we sometimes think that things are going to last forever, but they, they really don't. <laughs> so yeah. true. They really change so fast. And, and I, I think that the thinking that for me, at least like the thinking that I bring in to my feelings, because I'm, I'm a feeler, like I'm emotional. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I cry a lot. I laugh a lot. And I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay with being an emotional being, but sometimes like my head can get in the way and I start to think like when I am really down, like when I'm really sad or angry or frustrated, I like tell myself like, you can't, you can't feel this way. Like that's bad. Like you, like you said, because I have all these tools and I do this work and now I lead this work. I'm like, Oh gosh, I have to lead by example. I can't be like in my shit. Like, I'm sorry. Are you allowed to swear? Probably. Yeah, not allowed. <laughs> so, I can't be, I can't be in it, but then sometimes it takes just shifting that perspective to be like, well, no, I don't need to use my tools to get rid of this feeling or to hide it or to bury it or to change it. I need to use my tools to support me in actually feeling it and processing it and moving through it instead. Of, so it's like a shift in perspective of what my tools, because I've got, you know, we've got all the tools um, and I can hide behind those a lot too, yeah. to be like, oh, well, I've, I do this, this, and this. And if I do this, this, and this, then I'll get this result like X plus Y equals Z. And it's not always the case. So being able to know that the tools are there to support me and in, in feeling whatever it is that I feel and that none of it is good or bad or right or wrong. It's all just it's all just part of this journey and and that helps me although I do still get stuck or caught up sometimes where I'm like these things aren't working <laughs> yeah and also how and also how like how human of you like I think it's I think that when we um offer ourselves as leaders for other people and also like as mentors to other people and especially specifically like in a coaching practice when you're working one-on-one with somebody I feel like it's actually really nice to know that the person who's leading you is just like you. Like yeah. I find that that's so relieving to be like, and it's not like you're the, what you're going through might be, to, might be totally different than someone else, but just knowing that you've been through hard things and that the things that you lean on actually help you. I feel like that's the comfort that comes from a coach of like, I've actually been where you've been in some way, in some capacity, either in my, either in my, my mental landscape or my emotional landscape, even though I might not be going through your experience. And this is how I use this thing to help me. Um, I feel like that can be so valuable and also makes, I, I, I'm not sure I'm so keen on coaches who are like, well, I have it all figured out and I know the miracle cure for what's going to happen, what's going to help, what's going to help you. Um, I find that it's just a lot more powerful when you have someone speaking from their, speaking from their own place of, I don't know, they're like very internally, internal place of vulnerability. Um, Amy, there's a question I, we usually ask at the beginning that I want to ask you now, just fits in perfectly, but so you're like, hey, let's be on a podcast called Let's Be Naked, and then let's like talk about fun stuff. Um, we, what does vulnerability mean to you, mm. and how does it show up in your day to day life right now? Yeah. So vulnerability for me has actually like my definition or how I view it has changed so much. Like I've always been from the time I was young, I was an oversharer. 
I like didn't, I just didn't filter things or like hide things. If I felt a certain way or someone asked my opinion, I shared it without, without even almost thinking of what the consequences or what someone else might think. Um, of me. So I've, I've always been that way. And I used to think that vulnerability was just that was sharing without like fear of what other people would think. And I, I see it a little bit differently now, like it is a little bit more intimate, because I think that there is this, what is the word, like there is this like, overabundance of perceived vulnerability, especially on social media right now, where it is person after person, like preaching essentially about vulnerability. And for some of the people that, who I know, I'm like, I, I know that you, that's not you, like you, you don't actually live that. So I've been a little bit more like reserved about vulnerability, but I think what it is, is, is living your life in a way that is true and authentic to you and being able to share those experiences openly without needing for them to look good without like, um, it's almost like giving without expectation. It's like, you can't have this end result of vulnerability that like, you're going to be vulnerable to win someone over. You're going to be vulnerable to, um, get more followers or whatever, fill in the blank. Like it can't have that stipulation that it has to just be whatever it is for you. For me, vulnerability is really, really healing, um, to be able to share my experiences and, and what I've been through. Like it's healing for me and my hope, my biggest hope and wish on earth is that in some way, something that I'm doing for me to help me heal will help someone else, even just one other person know that they're not alone or to know that someone else is in this with them and can share, even if that person isn't brave enough, strong enough, or doesn't have the resources to come right out and share what they're going through, that they can find comfort in in my story and in what I'm sharing, but that there has to be like actual truth and authenticity behind the words that someone is saying and that it can't be sharing for sharing's sake. If it's not, if it's not real, that will eventually come across. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like hypersensitive to vulnerability right now. Yeah. I also found for me, like uh, when I, I'm also an overshare and I found that as I get older, I also think that I overshare when I'm also like scared of the of, like what gets left in the con- like if if the conversation feels like it has a lot of space space in it, I tend to like overshare to fill the space. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that like I'll have a real hangover after I talk to people sometimes about like when I've overshared, I feel this anxiety of like I think I said too much, which doesn't mm-hmm. feel very good to me. And then I realize that like a lot of the work I feel like I'm in with vulnerability right now is like trying to find my boundary inside of being actually being vulnerable because vulnerability is not hard for me. It's actually like the most natural state. That's how I naturally operate with people. But I found that like, because I feel so open, sometimes I leave myself open. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily serve what I'm doing or how I'm doing it. Um, so it's just interesting. Like, I think that that word is really beautiful and I feel like I do live into that. And also I think that by oversharing sometimes or sharing so much of myself, I actually let too many people inside the bubble. 
And then I have to hold the expectation of what somebody wants for me. And I feel like that as like, I'm working on closing the doors a little bit. <laughs> it's interesting that you said that because my, um, my parents have both commented on, you know, like they're like, your website's so beautiful, like that your images are so beautiful, but like, gosh, like you're sharing so like you're sharing such intimate things in your blog. They're like, who knows what you're opening yourself up for. And it's like, I see that, like, I understand that perspective. Like that has always been, I have been burned time and time again for opening up too much and letting too many people in or sharing too many details. And at the end of the day, at least some of the big things that I'm going through, like with our infertility journey, like God, like people aren't talking about this nearly enough. I'm sorry, my dog is barking. People aren't talking about this near enough. And if I can be just one person, like in a sea of however many couples or women are dealing with this that can talk about it and is going to open that door and put it all out there, knowing that I, it could hurt me. I could, it could come back in some way or whatever. Um, but it's so worth it for me to be able to bring awareness to conversations and topics that like just aren't talked about a lot. So I think, I think that's really awesome. I think that's amazing that you're on this in this space with us because that's literally the reason why Michaela and I decided to push record. Even like our conversations that we've had for the past couple of years, Michaela and I have been through some really difficult stuff in our families and um, we became friends because the two of us are the only people we know who've been through them. And in a very singular way, and even our experiences are different, but like, I remember when, before we were, we were going to start this because Michaela came to me and was like, Hey, I really want to start this. I really need the space for myself. I want to start a podcast. I want to talk to other women. I want to have conversations that aren't being had. I want to take the conversations that have helped me heal because of the two of us and like bring them to more people. And it's still really hard to share because also, the things that Michaela and I specifically went through are not just our story, they're our husband's story. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really interesting, like even before we pushed the record on the first episode, Michaela was like, oh, I don't, I don't know, if I share this, then like it might come back to haunt me. And I was like, yeah, and also, are we going to live our lives with this cloud of like, if I, if I say this and people, come, people think I have the wrong intention... Cause I kept coming back. I was like, we, if our intention is strong, if the intention to serve is strong, if the intention to share authentically is strong, if our intention is to be good people and pass on, like try to help someone, then like we're never, hopefully we won't be received in a way where we're like creating harm for ourselves later. Um, but it's hard to like, it's hard to push record sometimes. Cause sometimes we're like, I don't know if this is my journey to share or if I'm, oversharing for someone who's not even in a space or what does this mean? But we, I feel like we, we, I feel like we feel that it's better to try than not to try at all. And hopefully with the hopes that one person heard, like one person felt touched, one person felt held, one person felt supported. Uh, Because I know that like for Michaela and I, like when we were going through things that felt impossible for us to hold on our own, 
that we showed up for each other and we didn't even know we needed it. And it totally transformed our life and how we walked through those moments um, and how we're still walking through them together. And so I'm really grateful that you're, that you share where you're at because I do think that people aren't talking about that enough. And I do think there's a lot of people out there who feel very lonely in their despair. And I hope that like this space and these conversations and the way that we're all showing up does help one person because I'm really only concerned about the one. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I'm also convinced that we're not the only ones going through these things, even though it feels very lonely and isolating. We're not the only ones who are experiencing things similar or just like what we're going through in the world. And we have the ability to share via internet technology and and hopefully they hear or read what you're writing and they're able to say like, oh, wow, that, that's me. Like what she's doing, like that's what I'm going through. That's what I'm experiencing. And I don't feel so alone in this and that there's tools and resources and things that I can use to feel better. So, um, so yes. I love that. We're so grateful. Thank you so much for talking to us and for sharing your story and for hanging out with us for half an hour. It's been so cool. We're so, so grateful. Oh, I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, And I, I lead and coach from that same place of knowing that like everyone's different and different things are going to work for different people. There's no like one way that's going to work for anyone. And Vision and goals is just like a part of a mindfulness practice of like what could be something like value work, getting clear on your purpose, um, vision, goals, meditation, um, being present, like doing one thing at a time instead of being a multitasker. Like all of these things are things that I incorporate into my coaching and it's because no one thing has worked for me. And so everyone is different and, and I am confident that working with people, like I'll be able to work with them to find something that's going to land and fit, even if it's going to take a couple, couple tries, but, but yeah, it's all part of my wellness. And where can people find you? Ooh, yeah. On my website. So Amy Bashuk.com is the best place to find me. I'll spell all of that out in the show. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Uh, We're so grateful. Thank you so much, love. Thank you guys both so much. It was so good seeing your faces.